Hello, and welcome to the first Rare Talks AADC for Healthcare Professionals podcast. My name is Dr. Stephen Smith, and throughout this podcast series, I'm going to be exploring aromatic L amino acid decarboxylase deficiency, or AADC deficiency, with a host of experts in the field to help us better understand and recognize this rare neurotransmitter related disorder. This podcast is funded and produced by PTC Therapeutics Limited. And the content of this podcast is based on the speaker's expert opinion and professional experience. Some content discussed in the podcast may be specific to the country the speaker practices in and may vary internationally. This podcast is intended for a healthcare professional audience. Joining me today to discuss what exactly is AADC deficiency, why it's important to identify patients early, and the recommended tests to go about this, is Professor Roberta Bettini. Welcome, Professor Bettini. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Roberta Bettini, an Associate Professor of Child Neurology and Psychiatry at the University of Pisa, and I am a specialist in Pediatrics and Child Neurology and Psychiatry. Since my first neuropsychiatric research studies, I have always dedicated myself to the laboratory aspects of neurometabolic disorder, including in particular the biochemical and genetical biomarkers of rare neurological disorders. That's great. Thank you, Professor Patini. It's great to have such an expert with us today. Before we focus on AADC deficiency, can you start by giving us a quick overview of the neurotransmitter-related disorders? Yes, the term of uh, neurotransmitter disorder constitutes a broad spectrum of rare neurological conditions that share certain clinical features depending on the severity and pattern of neurotransmitter deficiency or excess. In some individuals, different enzyme defects are present, leading to developmental delay, hypotonia, and movement disorder. So, neurotransmitter disorders are a spectrum or of rare neurological disorders resulting from defects of biosynthesis, degradation, or transport of monoamine neurotransmitters. These deficiencies result in disruption of dopaminergic and or serotoninergic neurotransmission, mainly in the central nervous system. Neurotransmitter disorder can mimic many other more common neurological conditions, such as neuromuscle disorder, cerebral palsy, or other genetic movement disorder and are very likely under-recognized. Thank you, that's fascinating. Thank you for sharing an overview of those conditions and the, the associated signs and symptoms. So moving on to AADC deficiency, we know that it's a very rare disease and you know few patients uh, have been diagnosed with it globally. Um, but recent studies suggest an estimate um, of a global prevalence of around one in 32,000 to one in 90,000 live births suggesting there's probably a reasonable number of undiagnosed patients out there. What are the sort of characteristic signs and symptoms of AADC deficiency that doctors should be looking out for? Does aromatic L-amino acid decarboxylates, so AADC, 
is the final enzyme in the biosynthesis of the monoamine neurotransmitter serotonin and dopamine. And dopamine is the precursor for norepinephrine and epinephrine. So the AADC deficiency is thus a rare autosomal recessive neurometabolic disorder leading to a severe combined deficiency of serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine and epinephrine. Only about 100 patients have been described in case series or single case description. The most common symptom symptoms of AADC deficiency are hypotonia, typically axial muscle reduction tone, sometimes associated to limb hypertonia, movement disorder and the most frequently oculogyric crisis and or fluctuating tone and dystonia, developmental delay, and autonomic symptoms, typically, for example, ptosis, excessive sweating, nasal congestion, sometimes hypotension or orthostatic hypotension were reported too. Despite the consistent association of these symptoms with AADC deficiency, the severity of individual symptoms in specific cases range from mild to very severe. That's a long list of possible symptoms and obviously a lot of variation between patients as well. Are there any sort of specific symptoms on that list which are sort of more indicative for AADC deficiency that a doctor should be looking out for? Uh, perhaps something like um, oculogyric crises. Um, is that is that possible? Are there sort of telltale signs for AADC deficiency? The key differentiated sign and symptom, if uh, I summarized, I said diurnal fluctuation, oculogyric crisis, hypotonia, and autonomic symptoms. That's really useful to know. And so do those symptoms, the symptoms you listed for AADC deficiency, do they overlap with many other neurotransmitter related conditions? And so are there there other conditions that might be considered alongside AADC deficiency? Yes, sure. Some symptoms as uh, diurnal fluctuations, movement disorder, and uh, autonomic symptoms can also characterize adults' neurotransmitter disorder. Despite the early emergence of symptoms within the first years of life in nearly all patients, most experience significant delay in accurate diagnosis. Thus, it is important to identify the main key symptoms of each disorder to address the correct diagnostic workup. That's really interesting and underlines the importance of really understanding and knowing the biochemical pathways that underpin uh, these conditions. From the long list of overlapping uh, symptoms that you mentioned, it sounds like AADC deficiency could be difficult to diagnose. What are the possible misdiagnoses that doctors should be aware of? Yes, one of the most striking features of AADC deficiency 
is the wide range of clinical presentations observed and reported in literature. Sometimes presenting symptoms such as developmental delay and hypotonia may be less evocative of a neurotransmitter disorder. Addressing the initial diagnostic workup towards a different disorder. Subjects with dystonia, for example, dystonia cerebral palsy, or floppy infants, or severe autism and epilepsy, or suspected mitochondrial diseases, should be considered in the diagnostic flowchart of uh, AADC deficiency diagnosis. AADC deficiency should be considered in any infant with autonomic symptoms, motor delay and hypotonia in the absence of an obvious movement disorders. From what you described, it sounds like AADC deficiency can be quite hard to diagnose um, and this looks like it's borne out in the data, where an average age of diagnosis is about three and a half years old, despite the symptoms typically being seen within the first few months after birth. Why is an early diagnosis important? And what impact does that delayed diagnosis have on the patient and their families? Yes, it is very important to um, make an early diagnosis in AADC defect because the delay gives an important result on outcome and prognosis of this disorder. The diagnosis of almost all patients reported so far is delayed with respect to the age of onset of the symptom. In ve- only in very few cases the presentation is in adult age. The marked delay between symptom onset and mean age at diagnosis, about three and five years, suggests the difficulties and delay frequently encountered in the diagnosis of AADC deficiency. So I confirm that the challenge of AADC deficiency diagnosis for us, for the clinician, the neuropediatrician, is due to the wide and heterogeneous clinical presentation and to the range of symptom severity. Diagnostic delays are often caused by lack of recognition of the early symptoms. And so if a doctor suspects AADC deficiency, what should they do? Firstly, uh, if uh, it possible, the dried blood spot, because an an increased value of uh, homovanillic acid suggests me the diagnosis. In the meantime, I make also CSF dosage because it is important the differential diagnosis of other neurotransmitter-related disorder. The recent 2017 guidelines recommend that for a definitive diagnosis of AADC deficiency, you should perform at least two out of three of the core diagnostic tests. Could you 
describe those diagnostic tests to us, please, and let us know what your preferred approach is. There are three core diagnostic keys for identifying ADC deficiency. One, CSF pattern. The key markers of ADC deficiency in CSF analysis are reduced level of 5-HIAA, homovanillic acid, and 3-methoxy-4-hydroxyphenolglycol, and elevated levels of L-DOPA, 3-O-methyl-DOPA, and 5-hydroxytryptophan. Point 2. Decreased AADC enzyme activity in plasma to diagnose AADC deficiency and genetic testing should be performed to confirm the suspicion. In the guidelines it suggests that at least two out of the three of those tests you described are performed. Which two are the most important two in your experience? Is it based on which ones are most readily available or are some of the tests more accurate or more reliable than others? The first one is the most uh, indicated to diagnosis because uh, it is uh, capable to discriminate also for the differential diagnosis in addition to the AADC deficiency markers. So the neurotransmitter and the metabolite levels in the in the CSF, CSF is, yes. the most, is the most reliable. That's, that's really yes. interesting. In your experience, the, the genetic testing is useful as a sort of confirmatory sort of test. The genetic test confirm uh, the, uh, the suspicion uh, performed on CSF liquor, CSF dosage. In my opinion, it's difficult to start with DDC gene without any biochemical biomarkers. So you should always start with the biochemical markers? Yes. You've already mentioned the free OMD dry blood spotting testing um, briefly. In your experience or opinion, uh, what role do you think that has to play in um, the sort of diagnosis of AADC deficiency? How should doctors be using it? The development, diagnostic accuracy and cost effectiveness of dried blood spot analysis of 3-O-methyl-DOPA for newborn, for newborn screening for AADC deficiency should be further investigated. You think it has a, a potential future role in newborn screening? Yes, a clinical trial on newborn screening of AADC deficiency is currently recruiting patients. Oh, that's really exciting. That could be um, obviously a big advance uh, in the, sort of the early diagnosis of AADC deficiency. In fact, to reach early diagnosis, in fact, and uh, especially to give a precocious therapy. Finally, my last question is, you know, in your opinion, why is it important that we have these conversations and you know, why do we need to be raising awareness of AADC deficiency? It is important to raise awareness of AADC deficiency among pediatric neurologists and pediatricians because early diagnosis will allow targeted intervention and it will improve long-term outcomes. To reduce the marked delay 
between symptoms onset and mean age at diagnosis, it is important to recognize the signs and symptoms of AADC deficiency and encourage the use of early and appropriate clinical testing as dried blood spot that allow a facilitate accurate diagnosis. Thank you, Professor Bettini. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for sharing your insights into AADC deficiency. Thank you. So everyone listening, if you'd like to know more about AADC deficiency, visit aadcinsights.eu for more information on the topics we've discussed today, as well as a wealth of other content and resources. Thank you for listening and keep a lookout for the next podcast in the series, where we'll be exploring in more detail when and how diagnostic testing for AADC deficiency should be performed. We look forward to sharing more insights into AADC deficiency with you soon. Thank you and goodbye.